everybody. Welcome to another Piecing It Together. Uh, this is the third episode, and these are going to start coming a little bit faster at you. Um, I'm probably going to be posting two this week, maybe even two next week. But, you know, we're eventually going to settle into a once a week, maybe even once every other week. That was my original plan, but, you know, we'll see what happens. And obviously, I didn't do a mini episode between these two because, I mean, do I really need to do a mini episode between two main episodes a week apart? I don't know. But, you know, we'll figure it out as we go. But, you know, anyway, I'm really happy with how the show has been going so far. Uh, we now have five episodes recorded. Um, and they're sounding really good. They just keep getting better, I think. And I really want to know what you guys are thinking of them. So please leave us some feedback. Um, send me an email by David Rosen at gmail.com, uh, or leave a review right there on iTunes for us or wherever you listen to this podcast. Uh, the reviews really help make sure this thing gets seen and heard. So, uh, yeah, thank you for all the support, everyone. But with that said, new episode coming up, and this time we're going to be talking about Black Panther, which is a movie that probably needs no introduction since it's made over a billion dollars since this podcast started and has dominated the world of cinema all year. But in case you don't know what it is, Black Panther is the newest entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe based off the beloved superhero character. The film is directed by Ryan Coogler and stars Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, and an incredible cast, not just for their talent, but for the fact that such a huge, big-budget movie was finally made without the need for the poster to feature a bunch of white faces. They still managed to squeeze Martin Freeman and Indy Serkis in there, but otherwise I think it's like 99% black, and that's awesome. It's a movie filled with a beautiful, futuristic African landscape and plenty of Marvel-style action, and should continue to be the center of attention in the movie world for the rest of the year. Helping me on this episode is my buddy Q. Uh, he is the host of my other podcast, Bird Road, uh, and also my best buddy and also my boss on this podcast network, All Points West. So, you know, make sure you listen to him. Uh, so... This is another episode of Piecing It Together. Uh, with me is my best friend, Q. You know him from our other uh, podcast, Bird Road Podcast. How are you doing, Q? Hey, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So we're going to be talking about uh, Black Panther today. Uh, we were originally going to talk about it like $500 million ago, um, but you know we kind of got uh, held oh, up and didn't really get to this. <laughs> But here we are now, and it's uh, the most successful superhero movie of all time. So, what's even the most successful movie while, of all time? Like, what's the biggest movie of all time? So. Isn't it still Avatar? I think. Really? Uh, what about the last Star Wars that they did? Yeah, that's uh, definitely top three, I believe. Um, I want to say Avatar is still number one. Like everything all told, yeah, I think it's still Avatar. But um, yeah, this is now the uh, the biggest superhero movie, and it's still going. I mean, I think it was number two at the box office this week. So um, yeah, it's freaking mega hit. And so that's why I thought we should definitely still talk about it. And I think it's the most recent movie you saw at the theater, and I definitely wanted you to be on uh, this show with me. Um, so yeah, I, I'm glad we're doing this. <laughs> so uh, what I've been doing with the other guests so far... Um, is having them go first. So I'm going to have you go first with a uh, a movie that you think uh, inspired the filmmakers. Wait, wait, wait. Aren't you, aren't you going to do a synopsis of uh, of, of Black Panther? Or do you want? I do. I do that in my intro. 
Oh, you do that alone. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So read me back into that. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, what I normally do with my uh, other guest co-hosts is have them do the first inspiration. And so let's uh, put it straight to you. What movies uh, do you think inspired this one? You could start with your first one. Okay. So I think there are a few obvious ones and it feels nice to be on your show, Dave, and to sort of like stretch my legs out and kind of feel what it's like in here it's nice it's nice it's a different by the, by the way by the way for everyone listening uh i'm gonna probably be laughing a little bit more than usual on this one because nah, it's, be impossible. Fine, it's impossible for me not to uh when q there's a one but, person in the world that finds me funny and it's it's dave like nobody else laughs at anything i say I'm a failed comedian up and down with delusions of hilarity only because of the like spending my entire 20s with one person who thinks I'm funny. Um, (laughs) So the first one that I thought was maybe let's start a little bit like on the surface uh, Mm -hmm. without like digging into the storyline or digging into the um, into the uh, the meat of uh, of the themes and stuff like that. But just really cosmetically on the surface. Kill Bill volume one. Right off the top with the uh, the the iconic fight scene that was in that movie of course that was filmed at the beijing film studio and the casino fight scene that was that was um filmed in in this uh, in uh, in black panther and i say it because they're the exact same studio if you look mm-hmm. at it it's the same building the same setup the same dual staircases a lot of the similar same action that uh coogler uh, um filmed it differently it wasn't the same uh tarantino style fight it was much more kinetic and it was superhero it wasn't it wasn't something that left the bounds of reality everything Mm. that the um that the bride was doing in kill bill volume one was like physically possible within the realm of reality sure she was jumping up really high and kicking a lot of ass but she wasn't lifting you know a truck over her head or anything like that uh you know it wasn't like obscene uh, uh, absurd or anything like that whereas um this the casino fight scene which i think is in in some of the write-ups that i've seen about this movie coming out of it it seems like that's one of the scenes that's taking on more of a um like a an iconic status people are talking right. about that scene a lot and yeah well i think i think it is the best like action scene of the movie that in the car chase which comes right after it if i remember correctly it's definitely my second favorite comic book fight scene behind the daredevil hallway fight scene that everybody you know the the old boy ripoff um that was probably my my favorite and um this is probably my second favorite uh, and they're completely different fight scenes the worst things comic books do the worst things are a huge uh, usually this is the, the the ultimate scene of the the climax of the fight but um a huge uh, sort of transformer like can't really get your head around it massive creature that mm. people are flying around and shooting lasers at that's and it's all just cgi and it happens in a completely different planet than than what you're um actually you know watching it just feels removed and this right. felt you know this felt granular and this felt gritty and it was a, it was a great scene i thought that was a really good scene and I, I i couldn't help but notice the extreme similarities to the way the casino was set up to the way go back and watch it to the way that the um that the uh the nightclub 
uh, or any she's uh, nightclub in Kill Bill Volume One was set up. Sure, and you know I think um, uh, Ryan Coogler and uh, Quentin Tarantino definitely have a lot of similarities in that they're two filmmakers that really uh, show their inspirations like right up front, right on their sleeve. There's uh, there there's a lot of it is stuff that you can see just immediately just watching the movie um, that, oh, like this is just a big fan of cinema, uh, loves all kinds of movies and is injecting them right there into what's uh, unfolding on the screen. Um, and speaking of the casino scene uh, in particular, um, that's a good lead into my first one here, which is uh, – actually like the James Bond movies, uh, the James Bond series, which I think a lot of the, uh, the fighting and the, uh, the going around the globe and all that. And then of course, uh, Shuri, I think that's how you say her name, uh, who is kind of like a Q character um, and all of uh, Black Panther's gadgets and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think there is a lot of uh, James Bonds in, um, in this movie. So, yeah. And you know, what's, what's the commonality there is, um, and the, the, I always love when when when, a, when one of us I'm a, I'm an aficionado of superhero movies. I know it's kind of cliche and corny, but I love them. And um, one of my favorite things that a superhero movie does is uh, when one of the superpowers is just being rich and right, <laughs> like <right>. having <laughs> crazy amounts of money or resources at your at your disposal. Um, yeah. James Bond, not like your classic superhero or anything like that, but did fit that mold in terms of just having every single resource available to him in the world right right but by the way uh speaking of of shuri uh how great was that character i mean she was like so much fun like for sure she looks like you know silly and cool if i wanted to really create pathos in this next uh if i was a you know somebody who wanted to with somebody who was involved if i was kevin feige or one of these guys or is it feige or feige i think feige If, if i was kevin feige in in the upcoming um infinity wars movie I would probably she'd be a character I would totally kill because it would give you pathos <laughs> and be like we hardly knew that character you know I would kill her I'd kill oh man I'd kill so many people like it'd be crazy how many of those would ro- would Rocket Raccoon survive Rocket Raccoon would just be <laughs> annihilated be a smear <laughs> be a smear on something um, oh man so what is your uh, next one that okay. you've got so I have a few. Um, mm-hmm. one is, this one's a little, a little jokey, but I think the themes fall in line and, uh, uh, I'm a little unserious when I say it. I also don't want to come across as being like productive, but, um, it, Lion King, I did think I, that's that, my next one too. Oh, okay. Cause for me, there was some sort of like, there were themes of like paternal revenants and then like disappointment and, mm-hmm. and melancholy around the loss of a father, loss of place, a loss of, um, birthright. Uh, the feeling yeah. that you were cheated out of something because of mistakes that your your father made, uh, you know, and and trying to kind of blaze your own trail, irrespective of your 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 uh, your your predecessors, trying to just kind of right. make yourself. And I mean, it's funny because there's probably a million movies that are out there like that, but we picked Lion King because they both <laughs> happen in Africa, and that's kind of fucked up. <laughs> But yeah, but but is it though? I mean, like, because I mean, also, even on the surface level, the score, the setting, I mean, you know, the music is is awesome. It's probably the the best score, I think, that a Marvel movie has had. And that's because it's got that that amazing, you know, African music sound. The best score that any Marvel property has had 
has been Luke Cage on Netflix so far. But I haven't, I haven't watched best, Luke Cage. The second best has been was this for sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think I think Lion King is definitely. I mean, it, it, it's impossible not to say it. You know, it, uh, I, I don't think there's anything. I mean, it's a, it's the there. uncle, the the evil uncle. I mean, of course, then it, it goes kind of down to the uh, to the cousin. It ends up being a, a, a cousin battle with um uh with with Michael K. Williams. But um, oh wait, no, not Michael K. Williams. Michael B. Jordan. Sorry, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> Michael. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it ends it ends up being a sort of different gener- generational. Uh, conflict but still sure. falls the same i mean you're really splitting hairs at that point i think it's yeah. um you know this movie had a lot to say about this movie has, has had a had a had a real big challenge i think and it was this is part of those that next second wave of it's going to be really hard to keep chris evans and robert downey jr in contract we need to have these really charismatic cool characters that are going to keep you caring about these movies for the next, I don't know, seven or eight years. Right. Mm-hmm. And they, they, I think they did a really good job with Spider-Man setting that up. Dr. Strange. I don't know, but um, like, I'm, I'm not yeah. super big on Dr. Strange. I think most people might be a little lukewarm on it, but yeah. um, they were, they knew that they needed a character, like another, another, I really care about this guy character. And, I, I what I would really commend them for is is I think a safe move would have been to go with um you know an uh, an American an African American character who right. ha- shares more cultural sim- similarities talks like us sounds like us don't forget there's a very specific niche that they make movies for it's mostly for yeah, yeah. Ch- mostly for Chinese people and American people and like all movies have to like kind of comport to that and um but no, they chose to go this way with Black Panther, and they had they were under the gun to flesh out this character and give you, like I said before, all this pathos about him. And he's lost people. There's people he's trying to protect. You care about him. Here's why, you know, and and cram it down your throat in like two hours and ten minutes. So yeah, I, I was gonna say uh, to that point, my biggest. Uh, negative for this movie would be the fact that I think everyone surrounding Black Panther is a lot more interesting than him himself. For sure. Um, you know, and I mean, yeah, I think he's 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 a good character that hopefully is going to continue to grow and they're going to do something. I mean, especially after the success this movie's had, I'm sure they're trying to figure out exactly what to do with them now. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's a cool character and he's a great actor, the guy that plays him. Um, but uh yeah, it's just it. There's so much more interesting things happening in the movie with uh, with a uh, Killmonger, the villain, and Killmonger. And, My, Michael yeah. B. Jordan was. I don't. Does he, did he drop the B? I remember he used when he was on the wire. No, he's still he's still Michael B. Jordan. Okay, because when he was on the wire, he had the B. I didn't know if maybe he became big enough that he didn't need to distinguish himself from Michael Jordan yet or not. But uh, to see the Killmonger character really does warrant some. Um some 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 praise just like scar in lion king like scar mm-hmm. in lion king was a dope character he was a right. really cool character and he was horrible he was terrible and, and evil but still he was a, he was probably the most interesting character um yeah because if you remember the reason that scar i think there was there was similar dynamic in the relationship with scar where he wanted to push out and expand and grow the <laughs> this is crazy i'm like pulling out 
Lion King knowledge from like the like plot <laughs> knowledge from like I don't I don't have like a firm grasp on it, but I do remember the F- Mufasa's position was. Pufasa's position was like uh, David David Quinone is Lion King expert. I got him on my show. Pufasa's <laughs> position was like we should adhere to the old ways and what we've always done, and the tradition has worked for us. And um, Scar's position on the matter was we should expand, we should push out, we should get bigger. And that is uh, another. <laughs> Maybe they really did st- like just straight up lift this plot. Off of Lion King. Um, <laughs> um (laughs) well you know going continuing on that on that theme uh, my next one uh is actually the dark knight and the reason being specifically is having a villain that is so much more interesting than the hero um and i the dark knight i think is a little bit of an overrated movie i'm sure Uh, People are going to unsubscribe from this podcast for me saying that. Um, (laughs) But uh, look, the Dark Knight Knight is one of those things. The Joker character is one of those things where I've talked about this on our other show a lot. I like it and I hate all the other people who like it. (laughs) Anybody who's into the Joker is the fucking worst. Who's like, yeah, you know, (laughs) because it, you know, when you. When when you're growing up, you're for the Batman, and when once you get to be an adult, you love the Joker, or one of those kind of memes. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Like one of those corny things where it's like, where it's like, people people think I'm crazy because of the look in my eyes. If they only knew about the look in my brain, (laughs) it's something dumb like that. It is. So party, dude. I hate it. I hate it. I hate the people who love the Joker, but yeah, he was a much better character. You're right. Right. And and I mean that that performance, like just from from a movie point of view, that, that performance, Heath Ledger, deserves every last bit of praise that he got. And I'm really happy that Michael B. Jordan seems to be getting like, you know, the lion's share of the praise for this movie. Um, people love him and rightfully so. Yeah, you know, it's it's true. The 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 probably the weakest point for the Marvel franchise has been the um the villains. There's been very yeah. few memorable Marvel villains. I thought that the uh German actor whose name escapes me right now, but who played the the villain in um in Civil War was incredible. Oh, Daniel Bruhl. Yeah, right. Daniel Bruhl. Yeah. I thought he did an incredible job and I thought he was so much more interesting. Again, I've said this before to people, but like the fact that he's just they don't make him powerful they don't make him have super you know strength or anything like that he's just a normal guy working a system to towards an end of revenge and he wins that's the fucked up thing at the end of that i was hoping to some degree there'd be some redemption for the killmonger character spoiler alert to anybody who hasn't seen the movie yet since it's still in the theaters you have five seconds to shut off the podcast but <laughs> killmonger dies in the end as at least we're really or does he we're reasonably assured that he does. <laughs> yeah. uh, so um, it would have been great to see him, you know, get some measure of, uh, you know, I don't know, like so, some sort well, he's of... Too, he's too radical, right? I mean, he, he can't survive. His message has to survive, you know? Yeah. Because if... I think it's it's a, it's affecting Black Panther moving into whatever the next uh, movies are. Yeah, because all these things have to be in their rear view when they get to the big tentpole ones. When they get to the... When they get to the team up movies, when they get to the Avengers movies, all these issues have to be in their in their rearview mirror because they need to 
for for plot convenience they need to just blow shit up yeah they need to focus <laughs> like he can't be sitting there thinking about i killed my cousin when he's like fighting <laughs> thanos you know he has to like he has to be in that moment they need him to be in that moment yeah. so yeah <laughs> all right okay well um I'll, I'll give you another one of mine and uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna i have two more actually um okay. this one's not actually a movie this one is a television show uh, and it okay. actually dealt with a really interesting issue that's happening in real life that is an allegory for what ha- a lot of the things that happened in Black Panther. And that is um, the second and third season of um, of Mr. Robot, uh, because one of the main plot points in that TV show is that China is trying to basically acquire the Congo. And it is true, actually. I don't know if you knew this or not, but in, in there is a um, a material uh, that is only available that has only been mined successfully in the Congo um, called Colton. So Colton is the is the metal that they use to make pretty much all of your digital devices. Like all the guts of your digital devices are made by a metal called Colton, and it's only found in in the Congo. This is real. This isn't like a plot of mr robot this is an actual thing and if you read a lot of headlines you'll find that china has spent a lot of the last 25 30 years trying to expand their uh ownership stake where available in a you know very troubled region of the world where it's not hard to get your hands on big swaths of land so um that's a very direct like that was happening i think around the inception of black panther in the comic book world that was something that was that people were aware of and uh i don't think it's a mistake that it's a, a huge theme in the uh, in the major motion picture of black panther uh so yeah I, that's interesting yeah I, I i don't think a lot of people know about that but it is a very um you know clear allegory for for a lot of what's happened in the Congo vis-a-vis China and other, other countries too, that have tried to get their hands on this very valuable material that, that, that can only be found there. Hmm. Yeah. That, that is really, really interesting. I, 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 I gotta read about that. Cause that's, that's really uh, cool. And yeah, I mean, th- this character was created a long time ago, right? I mean, yeah. um, seventies or something. Yeah. So that's the been Black happening. Panther was, was, um, no, actually it was 1966. And uh, he was a Fantastic Four character. Yeah, he first appeared. The Black Panther is actually a character that has been around since 1966. He was a um, uh, first introduced as as a character in Fantastic Four. So that makes sense. 1966, the height of the well, just just past the sort of the zenith of the uh, civil rights movement. Still, the you know a year away from the Summer of Love. I mean, the the Black Panthers as a concept, uh, Black civil rights, and that struggle was still. Um, the front burner issue in the country. Not surprising that he, you know, Stanley and all of these, uh, you know, Jack Kirby and all those guys always mind things that were happening in the real world for the characters that. They oh yeah, make, you know, absolutely. I think that's part of why the characters, you know, last so long, is because uh, they're rooted in you know real life and everything. So do you have another one, Dave? Yes. So um, I'm actually my next two I'm going to do together here um, as a combo, even though they really couldn't be more different from one another. Um, But visually speaking, I think Black Panther um, uh, was inspired a lot by these two movies, uh, Baraka and Blade Runner. Um, Original original Blade Runner from like 1984? Yes. Yes. The original Blade Runner. Yeah. So I mean, seen it. (laughs) You've never seen Blade Runner? You I've know, never seen the I'd only, Blade Runner. 
I had only seen it one time up until last year. I watched it like a couple months before the new one. So I, I was never, it was never a big part of, uh, of my, uh, film upbringing or anything like that. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. It's a little hokey, you know, <laughs> and the, the new one, yeah. Uh, yeah, the new one, as you know, I, I don't think was as good as people make it out to be. I mean, it looked cool as hell. Don't get me wrong. And that's part of why uh, I'm mentioning these movies right now is because of the cool futuristic look. I mean, just absolutely beautiful design choices uh, in creating this kind of futuristic world um, mixed with uh, Baraka, which have you seen that? No, I haven't. What is that? It's it's like a documentary uh, movie. It's like it's more uh, just like visuals set to music. Um, but it's it's one of the more famous movies of that style. Um, and it's just these just unbelievably beautiful uh, uh, like visuals of Africa uh, set to like gorgeous music. Um, and I there's a lot of. Um, you know, a lot of that I believe was an inspiration. Actually, yeah, I did see an interview with Ryan Coogler where he mentioned Baraka at one point. Uh, that's not why I had it on my list, but I do remember hearing him say that. Um, but it's got such a focus on like, uh, the, the kinds of clothing and, and the kind of, uh, um, ritual things that they do in Africa and all that kind of stuff. And, um, I think combining that, um, that realistic, uh, version combined with this, you know, sci-fi futuristic model of, um, Blade Runner, I think definitely kind of lands you on where, uh, Black Panther ended up visually. That's yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have enough input based on, cause I haven't seen those, those two movies, but sure, I did sure. love the, the visual world they created. Um, I mean, I didn't think that this was what they were going to do with the Black Panther movie. Of course, when the reviews started coming in and people started talking about it, like that they had invented this entire world. That's cool. And I think that there's some, um, I think we might see more of that coming up because I think people want to want to escape a little bit. And right. the, the, the popularity in the last few years of Game of Thrones has just like rocketed upwards. And I really feel like the thing that people love about that series is the invented world. From like from 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 soup to nuts. I mean, everything in there has its own history, and it's an entirely different planet. And it's kind of similar to Wakanda, where they have their own history and they are part of the planet, but they're like uh, you know apart apart. And um, mm -hmm. so, yeah, I think that that's that's something that people are going to respond to a lot more. Absolutely. So you had uh, one more, you said? I do have one more. And this one's a little tenuous because there's no immediately obvious things. You kind of have to look a little bit below the surface to see any, um, apart from apart from the, the, main, the main character being one of the supporting characters in Black Panther, uh, the actor. Uh, but uh, Jim Jarmusch's 2000, year 2000 um, uh, opus, Ghost Dog. I thought held a lot of similarities right. with, with this movie. And um, uh, I think that there's themes about uh, trying to, uh, there, there's, there's themes about trying to go it alone and what community means and what building and standing up for your people and the people that, that, that are around you, no matter how you try to sort of cloister yourself or maybe just your little corner of the world. If you try to like shut yourself off, 
it doesn't matter because society is still there. You're still part of society. And um, I I think that there were a lot of themes that that played out differently in the movie Ghost Dog that that, that played on that, that uh, here was this sort of reluctant hero who was being drawn into things, who wanted to just kind of leave well enough alone. Um, And I, I don't know. I just saw, I felt like I was watching... Uh, of course, Ghost Dog is a very like a small, quiet movie that's just very thoughtful and is not bombastic. It, it has action moments, of course, but like it's not bombastic in the way that a, a Marvel movie would be. So um, sure. it's, it's not the same that way. But in in terms of the the characters and their thought processes and the way that they by the end come to embrace the society around them a little bit more and come out of right. their collective shells a little bit more. Uh, I, I think that there were some um, real thematic uh, um, similarities there. There were some intersections there. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that one, but that it definitely makes sense what you're saying. I, I like that. And I haven't seen Ghost Dog in a long time. It's such a great movie. Yeah, no, I haven't I seen gotta, it for a while. Uh, I got to go watch that. That's an all-time favorite, though. That one is like yeah. right up there. Do you think before uh, Forrest Whitaker's character went uh, to Wakanda – that he was Ghost Dog. For what, a you're, while. what you're positing here is a situation where Ghost Dog is a um, a, a, a prequel. <laughs> yeah, that happens in the same universe as. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anything's possible. Um, so I have I have one last one, and oh, this, wait, this is a very maybe, maybe it's good to mention right now that weird factoid that we read where the kid who played the young Forrest Whitaker. His name is Denzel Whitaker. He played the right. young Forrest Whitaker in the beginning of the movie. He's not Forrest Whitaker's son, but he has played young him. Or no, he has played his son before in uh, what was the movie? Uh, You're the Man Now Dog or whatever. No, that was not that movie. I forget which movie. But <laughs> he did play Forrest. He 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 did play Forrest Whitaker's son in a movie where. He uh, also co-starred with Denzel Washington, who he was actually named after. So it's a very confusing situation. That's really Confounded even more by the fact that he that guy does look like Forrest Whitaker. Sure. Yeah, he does. (laughs) (laughs) That is so funny. Very confusing Um, casting. That's like when I, I convinced. That's like when I fucking when I gaslighted myself into believing that Donald Glover was a a product of nepotism because his dad was Danny Glover and they're not related. That's at so all. funny. I thought the same thing. They're not related at the all. Same thing. I was like, man, this motherfucker's <laughs> only on television because <laughs> because of his dad. His dad was a Ghostbuster. Wait, that's God not right. His dad wasn't a Ghostbuster. <laughs> his dad was a lethal weapon. His dad wasn't a Ghostbuster. <laughs> oh man, you're too old for this shit, Q. I'm getting too old for this shit, Rot you. <laughs> uh, so my last one, it, it's a very simple no, the, one. The, the, uh, the, the, the United uh, Nations blows up, right? And uh, T'Challa <laughs> jumps and like grabs his father, T'Chaka, and he's like, "Father, you cannot die. I am not ready." And he says, "Son, you have always been ready." And then, like the like, we cut forward a little bit, and the detectives are on the scene, and it's Danny and it's Danny Glover, and he's like looking at the dead, the dead king, and he's like, "I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> I'm getting too old for these dead royal African kings." How many more has he seen before that point? <laughs> too many. 
Biggs, uh, get over here. <laughs> By the way, that's not an impression. I just want everyone to know that that's not an impression of of Danny Glover. That's an impression of Rob McElhaney doing an impression of Danny Glover <laughs> on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Riggs, get your ass over here. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, you got another one? You got another one? Oh uh, yeah, I had I had one last one. It's it's like I was saying, it's a really simple one. Um but Iron Man. And that I'm the reason why I'm saying that is because this is Marvel taking it back to basics about focusing on one superhero character, which they haven't done it seems like in a long time. Yeah, no, but and you're right, and I couldn't agree more with that because this is the guy who they want to be the next Iron Man in terms of like right. they yeah, want you were this kind of touching be, on that earlier. Yeah, yeah. They, they want this to be the character that you care about and over the course of that you're going to stick around over the course of Dave 18 fucking two and a half hour movies that they want you to stick around for 18 two and a half hour movies to figure out what happens to him. That's a big ask. They really have to, it can't be Ben Affleck's Batman. Like it can't be something crappy. It has to be like something that really hits the mark the way that the first Iron Man did. And the third Iron Man, that was a really good movie too. Third one was really good. Shane Black. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah um i think that that does it for those so um now i do what i call uh the finished puzzle where i just list off everything that we discussed and let me know if i missed one here okay but uh i've got uh kill bill volume one uh the james bond movies uh the lion king iron man the dark knight baraka blade runner mr robot and ghost dog all together those pieces make the black panther and what did you think of the Black Panther? This is where we just do a uh, quick little recap. Just did we like this movie? I really like this movie. I was ready to be a little Wonder Woman by this movie. What I mean by that is you asked you asked me that on Bird Road. It was this movie great. Like people say, Wonder Woman is great, and I told you I was like, no, this movie really is great. Wonder Woman was a <laughs> Wonder Woman was a fine film. But right, my right. thing with Wonder Woman, and well, you're never going to, you know, tr- trick me into criticizing these movies because, um, like, it's not about, it's not about political correctness or, uh, you know, I mean, I would be the first one to make fun of the like them just doing like girls Ghostbusters and girls Ocean's Eleven. Like, I think that that's that's silly stuff, and it, it the, the conversation doesn't even belong in the in the cultural zeitgeist, but. A movie like this and a movie like Wonder Woman are both incredibly important. And I, I think people look at things like representation through a lens of human resources and being an adult and affirmative action and stuff like that. And you forget what it's like to be a kid and to want to see mm-hmm. somebody who's just like you doing cool stuff. And right. that's incredibly important. I would never shit on a movie for doing that. Right. I would never like get, you know, discount a movie for doing that. At the same time, I know that Wonder Woman was not quite like just judged on its merit was not quite as good of a movie as as people made it out to be. And I was worried that this was going to be another situation like that. Wonder Woman was a fine film. It wasn't 
you know, there were people that were saying that the Wonder that Wonder Woman was going to be part of the Oscars conversation when it, right. which is insane. It's a superhero <laughs> movie and a, a, yeah. a, 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 a well above average superhero movie, not one, right, not exactly. one of the like ten best ones ever or anything like that. But um, so that's cool. I mean, you should be able to feel that way. I'm sure that there are over half of the people in in the world would feel that way because they would they're women and they would re- that that character resonates more with them um just on a really basic level same thing about this character right in my head i was thinking like uh you know this is probably going to be a great movie maybe it has a lot of a lot of the positive sentiment it's getting is because of that representational factor um no man this was a fucking great movie this was uh i would say maybe like the spider-man that they just did and that Captain America Civil War movie that I happen to like a lot, but nobody else really agrees with me on. Um, other than the, <laughs> no, I, th- I, I think I think uh, like people who love comic book movies loved Civil War. I think it's it's probably top three of most people's favorite superhero movies. Yeah, and, uh, and just people those... like me who aren't big superhero movies are like, yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> those those two, um, with. With Black Panther, I I think they're the three best, you know, recent and Thor. I guess I mean, whatever they just they have quality down to a formula, so it's hard to get. The thing about the (laughs) about Marvel is that they have great quality down to a formula where they just get an auteur who has a vision and give him an obscene amount of money, and Mm -hmm. no kidding, of course something good comes out of it. Uh, It's it's they don't try to shoehorn reluctant creatives who don't want anything to do with the, with the franchise or people who are more worried about having to get stuck with like a 10 year contract that they don't want. They don't take, um, you know, rehashed, very like boring plot lines and, 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 and try to put a new spin on them. Oh, maybe this time the fucking bats carry him up the well. I don't know. Like, you know, they don't, they don't like try to do shit like that. Uh, maybe this time there's like pearls that break when his mom gets shot, you know, they're, they don't do any of that stuff. So it's hard to get psyched up about Black Panther, Infinity Wars and all this shit because it's just like, yeah, it's probably going to be really good because right. it, sh- it should be good. You, It has every single thing in the world going for it. It should be quality yeah. cinema. It shouldn't be fucking, you know, boring. Um, so, yeah, all in all, I really yeah. like this yeah, I liked it too. And another thing to add to that is uh, the director, Ryan Coogler. Um, just like with Wonder Woman, I think there's some people that are talking about Oscar consideration for Black Panther. And again, it's a superhero movie. It's That's kind of ridiculous, I think. But it's Ryan Coogler first. is... A comedy yeah. first. <laughs> yeah. But Ryan Coogler is going to win an Oscar within probably the next five years or something, unless he's tied up on superhero movies. But... Um, he is a fantastic filmmaker and, um, yeah, there's so much talent involved in this movie and they put together definitely, I think one of the better, uh, entries in like the Marvel, uh, cinematic universe for sure. I was just like, I loved, uh, I love it's funny because if you're a big, the wire fan, if you're a big fan of the wire, like I am to see Michael B. Jordan, I, I did mm-hmm. not see Creed. I, I didn't watch that. Oh, Creed is fantastic. So I, haven't, so I didn't see it. So I didn't know that Michael B. Jordan is yoked. I didn't know that oh, he was yeah. a freaking monster. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, where's Wallace at? And that's only a joke that like people will get if they watch The Wire. 
But um, yeah. like, because uh, he was a little tiny, he was a, he was a little kid. I think he was maybe twelve or thirteen years old or something in in the wire. And uh, right. his character, spoiler alert for the wire. Uh, if you haven't fucking seen it, it's been like thirteen years. So get your shit together. But um, spoiler alert for the wire. He doesn't live that long in the wire, but he's one of those characters who's like around for nine or ten episodes and is very impactful to the entire series. Like what happens with him, what he goes through is a big part of that. And um, you knew that he was a great actor back then. He was um, he, he was really talented and like he played off of some other really great actors in, in that series. Uh, but he just completely looks like a different person, man. People go like crazy. <laughs> I know. That's kind of like me. Eddie, Eddie, like I was like, he did, he I, was like I, was a little, I was a little skinny guy and now I'm huge. <laughs> <laughs> now you've got kill marks all over your body. I do. <laughs> <laughs> one for every like one for every roll of, of sweet tarts. <laughs> what I do is like every time I every time I house a big roll of sweet tarts, I sit one and I cut a notch in my skin and I put it underneath it. And I'm like, that's how I remember that roll of sweet tarts. <laughs> I carry one of you with me everywhere i go wait a minute can i just ask you a quick question before nope. we wrap this up did, did do you really buy sweet tarts i eat sweet tarts like crazy <laughs> disgusting who buys sweet tarts i guess i'm keeping them in business all by myself i still remember my like a heroin addict i remember my first sweet tart i was like eight there was a softball game that my dad was playing in and i got bored watching it in liberty new york upstate and I got, just got bored watching the game, and I walked a couple blocks down the way to the Quickie Mart, and um, I bought uh, just a roll of Sweet Tarts because they didn't have any other candy that looked any good. And I had like a, like $3, which was like a million dollars. And um, I don't know how I got my hand on three bucks. I think I was supposed to be for video games, but I bought a roll of Sweet Tarts. And oh, my God, when that magical sugary shit hit my, hit my mouth. Once it hit, you feel no pain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, uh, do you got anything you want to plug there? Uh, yeah. Listen to Bird Road. I'm just kidding. There's yes. no Bird Road. There aren't any Bird Roads. <laughs> there will be Bird Road. I'm going to make sure of it. This is a really therapeutic but, uh, thing for me, Dave. I just got to say, like, getting yeah. on this show and, um, you know, recording, hopefully successfully, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens now. <laughs> Maybe this conversation's lost forever. <laughs> Literally anything is possible. <laughs> Literally anything is ever possible. We could we could, we could be killed. <laughs> episode three done hey hope you really enjoyed it and by the way before i forget i was right avatar is still the number one biggest money maker of all time uh so anyway yeah that was a great episode i really enjoyed that um i always love talking to q uh if you enjoyed it please make sure that you've subscribed to us on itunes or wherever you listen to podcasts um leave us a rating leave us a review uh you could also follow us on Twitter at PiecingPod. 
uh, also on Facebook, Piecing It Together Podcast. And also make sure to check out Bird Road. You can check out Bird Road also everywhere where Piecing It Together is. And uh, on Twitter, at Bird Road Podcast. On Facebook, it's Bird Road Podcast. Uh, you can check out our website at allpointswest.com. Uh, which might be where you're listening to this right now. But regardless, send us some feedback. We definitely want to hear how you're enjoying the show. And you're not going to have to wait too long for the next one because I'm going to, as soon as I hit stop here, I'm going to start editing up the next one. So it's going to be coming in a couple of days. Uh, but thank you out there for listening. I hope you're enjoying the show. <laughs>